the people. Congress shall make no law. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio. And now, your host, Tony Ashcraft. Welcome to Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio. I'm your host, Tony Ashcraft. Joining me today, the armed, the lovely, Joanna Wilson. Hello. So guys, thanks for joining us today. Um, we've got an important discussion today for everybody, as we always do. You know, sometimes we have guests on here, and, and they'll, they'll talk about their thing, but uh, seldom do uh, Joanna and I um, sit here in the studio and, uh, and just talk. Um, but, you know, the Florida thing is, um, is still sort of in the forefront. Um, and, you know, as a, uh, as a result of that, we had uh, the marches and the protests and uh, this just uh, this hyper sensitivity to guns lately more so than usual. I mean, there's always the anti-gun people, um, but they they seem to be going a little bit nuts as of late. So in that, um, you know, when watching the news and, and seeing news reports and, and articles and Facebook and, you know, all the social media and all the, the 24-hour news cycle, we see a bunch of things, a bunch of people uh, uh, quoting statistics and, uh, and talking about, uh, you know, why we should get rid of guns and seldom do we have the luxury of having anyone from the other side of the gun debate actually get to debunk some of these myths. So Joanna and I were talking, um, you know, uh, after last week's show, and uh, and we always have these discussions. Uh, her and I do because we're both strong supporters of the Second Amendment, obviously. And um, you know, we, her and I both, I think uh, I could speak for her, and I take the position of we're not telling you to own a gun, we're not telling you to go out and buy one, um, but don't infringe on our rights to do so or anyone else's, for that matter. Um, so we wanted to to address some of these myths, lies, and uh, outright omissions um, that some of these folks are putting out. Kind of share that with you, and the hope behind this is that as these debates continue, that you guys can have a a sensible, common sense, factual debate with some of these folks because I think a lot of people in the gun debate that are sort of in the middle. They're not anti-gun. They're not pro-gun. But the media is so biased. I mean, if think about this for a second. Put yourself in, in those folks' shoes. If they're out there and they never own a gun, but they're not necessarily against a gun, and they see all this stuff on TV, guns are bad, guns are horrible, guns kill 50 million people a day, there's 6 billion guns in the state of Texas, you know, all these crazy numbers, this stuff that they just make up and throw out there. If that's the only headline they see, what conclusion would you think that they're going to draw? they're going to fall on the side of the anti-gun movement, and that makes it tougher for us um, as gun owners, as supporters of the Second Amendment. Um, that infringes on our rights, and that makes it a little bit more difficult um, for us to exercise our Second Amendment, uh, or Second Amendment rights um, under the law uh, as it is here in the U.S., um, so the firing line, I want to I want to make it brief, and then we're going to get to um, you know some more important discussion. But um, the protest this week, um, this weekend rather, uh, these kids, these marches. You know, there was a march in D.C. I think there was one uh, uh, here in Houston. Several of them across the United States. Um, lots of high school kids out there uh, marching around with signs, protesting, and um, 
I get it. You know, I understand. Um, you know, Parkland, Florida, there's 17 children dead, and they were not murdered by a gun. They were murdered by an individual. Because a gun does not have a mind of its own. A, a gun does not have a thought process. It doesn't get up in the morning and decide it's going to harm somebody else. A gun is a tool, and uh, if that tool is used improperly, then uh, it can be used to, to take the life of another human being, which is absolutely um, you know, the most horrible act uh, that I can think of, and, and we don't want that to happen. So I understand that these, these kids are upset and that parents are upset and people are upset because this is a horrible thing that, that, that took place in Florida and you know some other schools. I and mean, we can go all the way back to Columbine. Um, but um, you know, all these kids protesting, I, I listened to some of the interviews, I read some of the articles, I read some of the quotes, and honestly, I still don't know what it is, what the hell that these kids want. And I'm not trying to be rude, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be um, insensitive, but all I heard these kids saying was, we need tougher gun laws. What does that mean? Tougher than what? So I started asking myself, do these kids really understand what it is they're pitching a bitch about? I mean, honestly, do they really understand? So let's think about this for a second. Let's put this in a little bit of logical context. Here recently, after Florida, there was this big talk about let's raise the age to purchase a long gun from 18 to 21 because an 18-year-old was not responsible enough to handle a long gun. Now, that's all long guns. That's not just AR-15s. That's everything. That's a bolt-action 308 that you would hunt with. That's a bolt-action 22 long rifle that you might hunt with. That's a semi-automatic 22 that you might go hunt squirrels with. Or maybe, maybe it's your child's first gun that you teach them how to shoot with. So they wanted to ban all that because an 18-year-old just was simply not mature enough, not responsible enough, not experienced enough, not old enough to own a long gun. But yet we've got 15, 16, 17-year-olds out here protesting, marching around, holding up signs, and we're going to listen to them about what we should do with our guns? This makes no sense whatsoever. No sense. It, 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 zero. Zero. I mean, I get that they, they're emotionally, you know, it's emotionally out of control right it now. It is. It's a fear, and they're using that and using them as pawns to try to achieve an ultimate, you know, goal, which is to take away these guns. And these kids, you know, they don't know, like you said, what they want. Yeah, they they, they just they just think they know. And yeah, they think they do. Yeah, they think they do. And I don't mean to question anyone's motives, but but let's be honest. Let's think about let's think about the teenage mind for just a second. I'm going to I'm going to step back into my parents' shoes for just a second. Um, I have uh, uh, two teenage daughters, and I can tell you that seeing them and seeing their friends and sort of the way high school mentality is, um, you know, high school kids are very much group thinkers. They're very much followers. Very few of them are independent thinkers. Very few of them have the capability of critical thought. They just don't. If there is a if there's a trend in school, if there's a new phrase that kids are saying, they're all going to start saying it. If there's a shoe that one kid buys, then another kid buys, now everybody's buying it. If there's a style, if there's a haircut, if there's a jacket, if there's a song, if there's anything out there that just catches on, everybody does it. Because nobody wants to be the standout. Nobody wants to be the loner kid. And that's what happens to some of these kids, like this kid in Florida. You know, he wasn't part of a group. 
He, he probably felt like he didn't have any friends. He felt left out. So he felt the urge to, to, to reach out and to, to lash out at people, to hurt people. And that's how children get bullied, too. I think it starts with one kid, and the other kids see that kid picking on that kid. Rather than get picked on, they join in the bullying. And that's how all of that starts. So I'm getting off way into the weeds about, uh, you know, about kids growing up and parenting, but, but I think it's important because I think that's if we understand that, we can kind of understand why these children are thinking the way that they do. I honestly don't believe that these children really are emotionally mature enough to sit down and analyze everything that... Yeah, understand the long-term effects of what they are willing to give up. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and they're not. They're telling us we're supposed to give up a right that they're not even old enough to exercise. Yes, I mean they they can't um, vote what yet. What is going on? Yeah, exactly, what's exactly. Going on? And the parents, I think, um, you know, some. Where parent, what what's wrong where, with the parents? Where are the parents? Yeah, and that's where it starts. That is absolutely uh, where it starts. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit confused, and and you know, of course, it's always about the children, right, liberals? It's always about the children. So it comes down to in, in uh, history we've seen that before, right? Yeah. Use the children. Use the children. That's right. That's right. It, it's a good tool because nobody's going to tell a kid no. Right. It, and then how bad do we look saying no to a child? Yeah. Yeah. That, Somebody's got to be the adult, though. No, you're right. Somebody has to be the adult, and we're not out to be our kids' friends. Somebody's got to use logic over emotion. Then that's just it. Uh, Joanna is that. Oh, wow. That's the smartest thing I've heard in about two weeks. Logic over emotion. It is an emotional thing because, like I said, you you know, when you hear about 17 children being murdered, that is a terrible thing. That touches us all. And I'm going to tell and you And we that need to address the issue. We do. But and the right issue. Yeah. Yeah. We need to. That, that's right. If you want to solve the problem, you've got to know what the problem is. And the problem is not guns. It's not gun ownership. It's not you. You should we're be talking about violence. We're talking about violence. It's right. We're talking about violence and we're talking about the individual. And, yeah. and that's exactly what it is. It doesn't have anything to do with the gun itself, but everything to do with the individual in possession of the gun. Um, a look at uh, a look at this cat in Austin, that uh, the bomber guy. So seven bombs. Uh, you know he wasn't out to do anybody favors. He didn't use a gun. So should we use the gun? People's logic. Should we wait? Raise the uh, the bomb making age to twenty five. Should we restrict bomb making materials? Should we make bombs? Maybe illegal? Confiscate all the bombs? Should we make that illegal? Oh, but wait. It already is. But guess what? He did it anyway. Why? Because he's a crazy-ass criminal. And he didn't care. He had no respect for life. Didn't care about anybody else. Just wanted to get out and hurt some people. So that just goes to show you that it doesn't matter if it's a gun, if it's a bomb. If, if it's, it's a, a cell phone driving. Yes. Do we yeah. go back to horse and carriage? Right, yeah. Buggy? How, how many, go to work every day? How many things do we take away yeah. How many things do we take away before we decide that it's not the thing, that it is the individual? Yes. And uh, and that's really where it starts. Logic. Yeah, logic. It starts in the house. Um, so parents, I would encourage you to, you know, to talk to your kids about guns and don't don't tell them about guns. Talk to them. Get an exchange with them. Find out what they think. You know, get them talking about it. Let them See if your child. I'll put this challenge out to you. Talk to your gun. Talk to your kids about uh, about gun laws. If you know about gun laws, and uh, if you're a Second Amendment person, and see what your children think. See what they know about 
What the school's to, telling them. Right. What the school's telling and, and how to purchase a gun. See how much they really, really know. Because I bet for a lot of you, um, it would surprise you. Now, I know a lot of you out there listening to the show are gun advocates, and you're doing the right thing. You're instructing your children. You're educating your children. And you're teaching your children how to think and how to behave and how to, uh, you know, be a responsible young adult and grow up into uh, an asp- a responsible adult. Um, but still, there's a lot of folks out there that uh, that don't have that luxury, and those are the kids that um, that tend to grow up and have some problems. and And we have to be honest about that in this country that we're raising generation after generation of shitty children, and that's just that's the just family all there is life to is it. falling apart. The family it's life, temporary. Everything's temporary. It's yeah, instant a- gratification. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for the firing line here. I could I could go on for about another two hours, but we've got uh, some interesting statistics and myths that uh, that we're going to talk about on the other side of the break. So stay with us. You're going to want to hear this. Bullet Points Radio. Be right back. Kick from that rifle nearly took my shoulder off, but I wasn't about to miss this. We're glad that you stuck around, too. Welcome back to Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio. Uh, we're talking today um, about uh, some of the some of the myths and uh, statistical misleading uh, um, lines that uh, that the the media would have you have you believe when they when they talk about gun ownership and uh, and especially assault weapons and um, uh, you know I said in the last segment that uh, Joanna and I often have a uh, you know conversations about it away from the show um just in talking uh so we decided to dedicate an entire show to um to debunk these myths and um you know this i know a lot of you out there listening are, are probably thinking hey well i know all this already and and maybe you do but uh we want to share it with you because we want you to be able when you get into a conversation with somebody on social media or you know you're talking to your friends you're talking to your family um you know not to convince them that they should own a gun again but um you know just so you know an argument is or a debate rather um it needs to be centered around a central set of facts so you know we have to agree on what something is before we can argue about how we ought to change it or what should be different you know um if we're arguing that something should be green and we can't agree what color it is to begin with, I mean, how do we ever articulate our point? Because, you, you, you know, if people don't start at a common place, there's no way that you can have a debate. So there's always room uh, for improvement, um, you know, I think. There's always room for debate. There's always room for discussion. Uh, but, you know, finding out what the, what the real issue is, I think, is the, is the difficult part. So there's a couple of a couple of organizations out there um, that uh, that I like to pick on uh, just because they're particularly um, they're they're consistently um, misleading, and one of those is uh, Every Town for Gun Safety. Now these are the guys that um, you know they put out these numbers, they do press releases, um, they're all over Google, and they would make you think that there's just tons and tons of school shootings a year, just multiple school shootings a year, not a couple, not a few, but you know, 18, 20, 25. I think, I think, you know, last time I talked about these guys was in uh, uh, early February, and they had said that uh, in the month of January there were 11. 
And that got me curious when I first heard that, so I started looking into it. And if you look at what they are reporting as a school shooting, um, some of these are suicides. Some of these are uh, gun uh, crimes that have taken place on or near school campus on the weekends, not during school hours, uh, adjacent parking lots to a school. There's just all kinds of stuff, and they're just not school shootings. They're not mass school shootings, you know, in the vein that we think of um, the Parkland, Florida thing. So it's very misleading. And again, folks that aren't in the Second Amendment community and folks that are not used to being skeptical and kind of, you know, questioning uh, some of these things. You got to remember, these guys are anti-guns. They don't want us to have guns. They don't want me to have guns. They don't want me to sell guns. They don't want Joanna to to have guns, to sell guns. They would be horrified if they knew that our children shot guns and that we trained them to shoot. You know, they would they would probably crack crap their collective pants if they knew that. Um, but you know, we're responsible. It's the way people used to be raised. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, 50 years ago, nobody would have questioned this stuff. No. But, but now, I, I don't know what the hell happened to people, but I don't uh, know either. they've lost their damn minds. So anyway, we want to talk about um, some specific things. And there's another group um, called Mothers Demand Action. Now, um, uh, you know, I said I like to pick on any town for gun safety, but Mothers Demand Action are are a, a particular sore spot for me. And I've sent numerous requests to these folks and asked them to come on, um, and they have ignored every request. Now, you would think that some folks like these guys, and we're going to get to their statistics, um, we've got a lot of stuff that we want to share, and this is stuff that they've put out. This is not conjecture on our part. This is things that they've put out that – we have researched from several different sources. So from their um, website. Yeah, from too. their yeah, exactly. This is straight, straight from, from the straight website. from the source. So this is this is the, this is them. This is not us. We're not making stuff up. We're not paraphrasing. We're not speculating. This is straight from them. So these guys, I've asked them to uh, to come on the show, and I you know I said, look, I'll give you the whole hour. You can start as soon as we. I'll wave the intro. You can do whatever you want to do. I'll give you the entire sixty minutes. You know. Um, and nothing. They don't want to do it. And um, I'm not sure why, and I can only speculate, as they, they probably know that uh, what they're putting out is more than a little disingenuous, and they don't want to be challenged. Because I think, it, I think these these it's dr- fear-driven, once again. These people don't understand guns. They're not the, you and I who we... We go out. We uh, you know shoot. We mm-hmm. understand. We teach our kids. It's our uh, part of our life. These people have, you know, no concept, no understanding, and because they don't like it, they won't. They don't want anybody else. You know. Right, Joanne. So. I, I that's a good point. I 100% agree with you. I don't think these people, these anti-gun people, have ever been near a gun in their life. I don't think they understand the process of buying a and gun. And we don't deserve to be because they don't. Exactly. So so, th- so they don't like it. So we shouldn't either. And by the way, you know, <laughs> it's funny that, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, these um, I got a kick out of uh, uh, one, of the, one of the interviews uh, that I saw, and I can't remember what the guy's name was, but, you know, it was one of these liberal guys that, you know, one of these anti-gun people. And so if you're pro-gun or you support the NRA or you're a member of the NRA, then that automatically qualifies you as supporting or being being for school shootings, so these same folks um, uh, support giving money to, to Planned Parenthood. Does that make them support baby murdering? 
Is that is that the same thing? Good question. Because it sounds like the same thing to me. So I'm just trying to use their metric to yeah. make a little bit of logic here. But that's different. That's different. Well, yeah, it's, it's different because it doesn't apply to to their narrative. But yeah, it, and it is. It's a lot of fear. It's a lot of name calling, and they want to. You know, they want to intimidate people back into a corner by saying, well, you know, if you support the NRA, you're for that, then you must be for school killings. And it's sad when it comes to that's that's their argument, that because we love guns and we understand, you know, the history where, uh, you know, the big place that they have in our lives, not just for history and whatnot and, and what could happen if we didn't have them, but we love, you know, to shoot. Right. We love it like NFA or, you know, sorry, NFA, NFA, <laughs> yeah, the uh, NBA or, you know, NFL. Right. We spend time educating ourselves and, you know, these people don't. And um, I know we want to jump into some of these statistics. So I know there's one thing I did want to talk about before we did. Mm-hmm. Um I was reading an article on, from a criminologist, and he was talking about, you know, these people are throwing out these stats left and right. And um, what good is it if we just talk about guns, you know, and we throw these stats out? We need to be able to base it off of violence, right? It's not just guns. It's, right. We're talking about violence, all violence. That's our problem. And we need to be able to do it per capita, you know, so you can't take one country and say this person has, you know, this country has sixty-two percent death rate by gun, and and this one it, it's only five, and then you don't compare the rate at which it's happening per the hundred thousand people, right? Right. So going into some of these statistics, that's something that we need to look at because. Yeah, absolutely. They are skewed because they, they're not taking and comparing them to the UK, who is far more violent country than us, you know, in most of the European countries. Right. Yeah, they don't do it in a, as, like you said, as a, a per capita basis. Yeah. They just do it as a, a sheer violence. number. So, yeah, the thing that they leave out is, and it's the Australia comparison, you know, there's only 24 million people in Australia. There's over 300 million people in the U.S. That's a whole lot more people. So to say that, you know, the homicide, that we had a, a higher number of homicide deaths, it was, whatever, it was 50 times out of Australia, yeah, it probably was, you know, because there's a lot more people. People, exactly. And and they go in and they talk about that because, you know, that that's so misleading and it's a lot of these facts. It is. And, so. and I don't have a problem with anybody, um, you know, talking about violence, talking about gun violence, talking about homicide rates, talking about, um, you know, anything. As long as it's statistically factual, don't leave out part of it to make your argument sound better. Because that's yeah. Because the, the these countries like the UK that has um, I've got some stats here on it. They say that um, you know the handguns are illegal, right? So um, then you have strangling, stabbing, and beating going up, right? So they have death at a rate of thirty-seven thousand per year on that, plus another seven thousand illegal handguns, and then they have a smaller population. So when you extrapolate that with the per capita. It turns out that there is about 2,000 violent crimes per 100,000 people in the U.K. where there's 466 in the United States. Yeah. And that's guns, that's stabbings, that's everything. everything. And, and they say, oh, it's the guns, you right. know? It's so, not, no. That's, a, that's, four, that's over four times what it is here, yes. you know, acts of violence. So that just goes to tell you that, um, you know, that that's another – that's another individual acting irresponsibly. It doesn't have anything to do, like Joanna just said, it doesn't have anything to do with the gun. It's all about the individual. Yeah. If, they're going to find a way to kill. Yeah, they absolutely are. 
And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's so bad that the BBC had an article that the doctors were calling for a ban on kitchen knives because now kitchen crazy. knives are bad. <laughs> kitchen knives are bad. Yeah, and we are talking gun stats, gun myths, and uh, general BS by the media. And again, guys, this is for your benefit. I know a lot of you, a lot of you already know some of this stuff, but we wanted to to drill down a little bit deeper and uh, really see uh, what these folks are doing. So. We were talking about a company, or not a company, an organization called uh, uh, Mother's Demand Action. And they are a Soros Bloomberg funded group. And they are. Um, uh, you about know, five million of them, I think. They're, all. Yeah, there's a, they're, they're a pretty big organization. And, you know, as these things go, uh, they will send out press releases and statistics and things like that out to the media. Media, a lot of times, doesn't either, they don't bother to fact check it. Or they see it and it fits the narrative. I think it's of, more of an emotional, uh, sure. you know, group. Well, yeah. When you get upset, you know, you get emotional about those yeah. kinds of things, and, and they want would, something changed. So they're right. they're coming together, not necessarily knowing what the facts are exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, and they a, lot claim of, their own facts. a lot of people in the media don't like guns either. They would just assume them go away. So when they see a statistic that that says that you know guns equal crime then they're all about it they're not going to yeah get rid of them. oh no yeah. yeah start running start running okay so Joanna's got uh, she's got a whole bunch of stuff there's a big stack of so, yeah, stuff here i'm embarrassed first, because i have no paper in front of me whatsoever the first <laughs> uh, myth we have here is more guns equals less crime and this is what they say so Joanna Fact. let me let me let me interrupt you there so what Joanna's has got we we took um, uh, mothers demanding action has some uh, dinner table topics. Right, dinner table topics, and they're actually encouraging folks to print these out and indoctrinate. Right. So they're children. not only they're not only questions. They've provided you with the answers, answers to tell yes. your kids yes. just how bad guns are. So the first one we said is more guns equals less crime. If more guns made us safer, the U.S. would be the safest country in the world. Instead, we have a gun homicide rate 25 times higher than other developed countries. An analysis found that the U.S. accounted for only 46 percent of the population of those countries, but accounted for over 80 percent of gun deaths. The United States has a gun violence crisis. For every two people injured with guns, one is killed. We must do more to keep guns out of the hands of people with dangerous histories, enact strong common sense gun laws, which can hand in hand go hand in hand with the Second Amendment. Common sense gun laws. So once again, they pulled a, st a stat where it's just about guns. It's not like what we talked about here with the UK where it's violent crimes. And these stats, um, if you want, I mean, you can explode them up into 100%, whatever, 25% based off of, you know, five crimes. You can make it look like, you know, it's 75% of the people, right? right? Um, so, and, and that's basically what they're doing, you know. They're, they're taking these stats and they're not, they're not breaking them down per capita, comparing them to other nations so people can see. And not only just not guns, but violence, deadly violence. That's what we're talking about, right? Right, and that's that's what they're they're missing out on there. Yeah, the United States is a, is a one, you know because if the, they didn't have guns, they'd do it with something else. Right, they'd do it with something else. Pharmaceuticals, um, whatever. Right, you know. And, and when they're talking about guns and uh, violence, what they're also not telling you, what this organization is not telling you, they consider any injury or death, be it accidental, be it suicide, be it homicide. Um, 
that takes place with the firearm in another individual, they're lumping that all into one category. Yes, it's just and one that, big massive gu- uh, gun-related death. Right, and that's simply that's it's, that's a lot. That's yeah. that's disingenuous it because is. if they came out and told you that, I mean, think about how different that sounds. If I tell you there's been a thousand gun deaths, you're like, oh no, that's a lot of gun deaths, and that would be true. If I tell you there's been a thousand gun deaths, but 900 of them were suicides, 50 of them were accidents, that only leaves us with 50 murders. So that doesn't sound near as and bad every as a death, thousand. Yeah, but and every death is bad. Every, Absolutely. Every death is bad. But if you are going to take misleading facts to try to scare the hell out of people and make a decision to sway the Second Amendment by misleading them right. and putting this fear in them that's – it's ridiculous yeah and we're not making light of of, no because yeah and and joanna's not saying that i'm not saying so much you guys understand neither one of us are saying here on bullet points that that hey you know it's it's only 300 people so it's not that big a deal no every single person is a big deal but before we address that we actually have to figure out where the root of the problem is and when we say you know thousands of gun deaths and really those are only homicides. How many of those are going to affect you or I or, right. you know, Cause, cause me? Because suicide, yeah. suicide by gun is completely different than homicide by gun. Those are two yeah. completely different problems. Completely different problems. They need to be addressed Well, and the homicide, too, is broken down into self-defense, which is, you Good know, point. somebody having to draw a gun and shoot right. somebody, which there aren't a lot, but as actually, you know, people dying from it, but there are hundreds of thousands of people every year that have to draw their firearm and they, you know, prevent a, a rape. They prevent, you know, all kinds of sexual assaults, mm-hmm. um, robberies, you home know, invasions, people, home invasions, but they don't get included in this. Yeah. They don't get included because they prevented it. Right. They prevented it. And, and you're right. That's a, that's an excellent point. Can you imagine all of those people that prevented those crimes, if you take the gun away from that lawful gun owner in that situation, how many of those people would have ended up being a statistic? Yeah, there's and, and there's 200,000 women a year that have to use a gun to de- defend themselves against sexual abuse. And that's potentially 200,000 victims? Yeah, and maybe 10% of them actually get their gun out. Some of them just have to say, I'm going to get my gun. And mm-hmm. that's enough for some of them to flee. Right. And then some of those, you know, a handful of those probably actually had to kill the person. But because they had it, that was fear enough for the the person that was trying to attack them. So I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add to the more guns equals less crime? No, I think, uh, well, except that more guns equals less crime. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I think so. um, You know. Uh, it is true <laughs> because I mean, think about well, when Tanya was in here. When Tanya was in here, she said just the statement alone. I mean, forget statistics, but just talking about her statement. What one of the things that caught me? What she said was that once she learned to shoot, once she learned to defend herself, once she got her confidence, she walked differently. She carried herself differently. She knew she had her weapon there. And she was not going to be a victim. And I said as much, you know, if I saw a woman walking with confidence with her head up, looking around, versus somebody fumbling around on their phone with their keys that, you know, look like they, I mean, you know, you're going to pick the victim. The criminal is always going to be, they're always going to look for the softest target. And, you know, women that get trained, women become uh, empowered, they're not going to be, or they're less likely uh, to be a victim of crime. 
you know, and actually I'm not done because there is a Harvard study and it's the um, it's volume 30, number two of the Harvard Law Journal, and it's a public policy and it's pages 649 through 694. And it says, you know, would banning firearms reduce murder and suicide? A review of the international and some domestic and some domestic evidence. And these two individuals, they are not pro-gun, but they sought out to look at the evidence that's presented, you know, uh, from U.S. to other countries and and look at it. You know, step back out of the box and take a look. And they said, contrary to conventional wisdom and and the the sniffs of other more sophisticated and generally anti-gun counterparts across the pond, the answer is no, and not just no, as in there is no correlation between gun ownership and violent crime, but an emphatic no, showing a negative correlation as gun ownership increases, murder and suicide actually decreases. And they found huge evidence. But then I also found this next, like this is, you know, a, a study where they pulled stuff. And then and then there was another study that um, I forgot who it was by, where they drew conclusions because uh, due to uh, the FBI statistics, it shows year after year the, um, uh, the this violence is actually decreasing. Every year it's been decreasing, and we're now at 2013. It says we are at 367 per 100,000 people. So we've, and, and remember I gave you the 2,000 stat for right. for UK. So we've been declining, and they're saying, you know, well, that means we don't need guns then, right? <laughs> so that's this study saying now, okay, things are coming down. People are increasing. It's only about 30% of the population that has guns. Yeah, and it's it's coming down, but we're gonna do this fixed effect regression, and we're gonna take into account how we see fit the age, gender, the gender, race, poverty, unemployment, and we're gonna extrapolate what we think, you know. And they're saying that you know what, it is going down, and so we don't need guns. And yeah, guns are bad. Yeah, guns are bad. No, I, I'm a firm believer. But it's getting better. Yeah, I, well, I'm a firm believer in uh, you know people being people being armed and educated. I just think that that's uh, um, you know in today's climate with all the nuttiness going on. Yeah. Um, that's your that's your best solution. We're talking mothers demanding action and tabletop gun myths and uh yeah this is some stuff that we pulled off their website we're talking about that we uh that they encourage you to sit down at the dinner table and uh indoctrinate your children and whomever else will listen so joanne and i were touching on some of these uh point by point and i'm gonna tell you something there's a lot of them and we've blown through our time rather quickly but um so we're gonna touch on a few more of these um there are some that are that that need a little bit longer of a conversation but if you guys mothers demanding action look them up and you can see these questions and answers and uh i would encourage you you know what we don't get to today um look at it for yourself and and do some research and, and be your own judge but uh joanna you had a couple more that you wanted to talk about yeah so the next one is federal law prohibits all domestic abusers from having guns the federal law prohibits abusers convicted of felony and misdemeanor domestic violence crimes and those subject to domestic violence restraining orders from having guns. However, federal law generally does not cover abusive dating partners. This is often called the boyfriend loophole. Federal law also does not cover convicted stalkers, nor does it require that offenders turn in the guns they already have. Okay. Well, a couple of things. Um, 
the abusive I'm not even sure what they mean by what they said but but federal law is very clear if you have been convicted of a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence it doesn't matter what state you're in you go fill out a 4473 you will be denied boyfriend husband yeah it doesn't matter if you're significant other right um, speed dating whatever (laughs) yeah yeah anybody it and it doesn't doesn't matter how long ago that was once that missed if you if you have a misdemeanor or crime of domestic violence when you're 17 years old and you try to get try to get a gun when you're 70 you're not getting one that's just it that's federal law and that's it and uh you know stalking i'll argue that one too because stalking in most most instances is a felony and if you have a felony conviction on your record you're not getting a gun yep you're not going to get one so so those are those are kind of bs this boyfriend loophole thing I don't even know what that means, really. I think they're 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 twisting it a little bit. I think they're trying to say that, you know, if you they're sort of, you know, in reading the rest, of they they kind of they kind of say that well, if the girl you know is has a boyfriend, and the boyfriend's abusive to her, and she doesn't report it, then the boyfriend has the potential to go out and get a gun. Report it, right? That would be true. Well, guess what? Individual responsibility. Report this asshole and say, hey, he abused me. And make him, you know, make him go through the process. If he's guilty, he should be convicted. Yep. If he's convicted, he should serve time. If he serves time, he shouldn't get a gun. That's the end of that. Yep. So the next one, the NRA wants to deregulate gun silencers to protect sp- uh, sportsmen hearing. Silencers actually make hunting more dangerous. Widely available ear protection works better to protect hearing. It's not public health that would benefit from the sale of silencers, but the silencer market, which is one of the fastest growing markets in the firearm industry. Find out more about the dangers of proposed gun silencer legislation here. Wow. So silencer makes hunting more dangerous? That's what they, they say. Don't, but they don't explain how. No, yes. I actually followed the link, and it says, because when we're hunting and we fire a shot, the people that are all around us will know we're hunting, and they'll know there's danger and they should leave because we hunt with so many people around us. So so that's one of the wow. things. They won't know where the shot is coming from. Have you ever been in the woods and heard a shot just ricochet through the woods? You know the general direction, right? Sure. Yeah, you know where it's so, coming from. I mean, but seriously, I did, and I actually got to hunt this last year with a, a silencer, and it was awesome. I didn't have to use my hearing protection, and I great? loved it. And, and contrary to popular belief, for those of you who haven't used a silencers, they're not movie gun quiet. They're still pretty loud. You can still hear it. They just take a lot of the crack out, uh, but you're still talking about, depending on the weapon, between 133 and 140 decibels, you know, depending on your round, depending on, you know, the silence you have. But that's that's still pretty loud. That's still pretty loud. But, yeah, um, that's that's dumb. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. The, once again, this is a group of people that right. have no clue. That's right. What is going on yeah, here? They, they, don't, they don't know how a silencer no. works, what yeah. it does, none of that stuff. But they're going to tell us what we ought not do with them. Okay. What else you got? Okay, so the next one is criminals will always find a way to get their hands on guns. Background checks stop gun sales to criminals every single day. In fact, the last 20 years alone, background check laws have blocked more than 3 million gun sales to people who could not legally own guns. Good job. It did its job, right? right. The background check. Until 2007, Missouri required that a personal pass uh, a personal pass a background check before buying a handgun. After repealing this requirement, Missouri saw a significant increase in illegal gun trafficking and 25% increase in gun homicide. 
Hmm. So how does Missouri repeal a federal law? I'm not sure about I that. I mean, if that's what if I'm if I'm understanding you right, if Missouri said you don't have to have a background, maybe that's a state level background check, but a a federal check which is incumbent on every retail firearms yeah. sales outlet yeah. across the U.S. would have to do a background check. Yep. So um, because it's federally mandated. Yeah, it's federally mandated. So if the state I don't even understand what they're doing. If the to state say has an additional background check, you know, as well as the federal check, that's sort of a redundancy. I'm not necessarily against that, but if a state repeals um their requisite for a local check and uh but you still wouldn't be able to pass a uh, a federal, I wouldn't think. I don't know how that's uh yeah, that that sounds like a, a little bit of BS. I think and what's the gun trafficking thing? So, yeah. Yeah. So um, the next thing is mass shooters target gun-free zones. There is no evidence that shooters target these areas. Every town for gun safety research has shown that just 10% of mass shootings since 2009 have placed in so-called gun-free zones, which is complete bullcrap, right? Yeah, I think they're they're Mass shootings we're talking about here. Mm. They're taking, once again... The whole firearm, every any yep. person that's been shot by a gun, either accidentally or suicide, suicide or and they're lumping them all into one mm-hmm. category, which you can't do. And they're trying to say that only ten percent of that was mass shooting. But when you actually look up a mass shooting, it says more than a few people in in the. Um, yeah, I think I think the Department of Justice defines a mass shooting as. Multiple. I think it's five people or more, including the gunman, if the gunman is deceased. Mm -hmm. Or maybe four, but it's um, you know, it's more than it's more than a couple. And when you look up those, where are they at? Gun free zones. Gun free zones. So they tried to skew that statistic Mm -hmm. to make it look like that was not the case. Just the ones that we're all familiar with. Columbine, gun free zone, Sandy Hook, gun free zone. Um uh, Florida. Well, they're saying mass, the majority of mass shootings, sixty-three percent, took place entirely in private homes. Is what they're trying to say. Mass shootings in private homes. homes? Yeah. I'm, How many damn people but, live in that house? Seriously. <laughs> wow. It, that's another one of those things, guys. You really gotta, you really gotta break it down and really analyze it. Uh, yeah, to and know. who's defining what and how are they defining it? Because yeah, something is not right here. No, that doesn't. Sixty-three percent of mass shootings take place in homes. That's crazy. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's crazy that it, it that it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No, because when I think of shootings in home, I think of self defense. Right. Well, so. and even if even if somebody, even if it's a a a, a home invasion, you know, a burglary, um, even if two people were were and that's probably the case it's they're, probably they're breaking probably, in and maybe yeah. the homeowner doesn't even have a gun so it may not even be self-defense it's them in somebody else's territory yeah to me a mass shooting has got to be just that you know uh you know one person either the actor or the victim um you know in a in a home invasion and i would want a gun in a home invasion absolutely and they're saying no let's get rid of these so mm-hmm. Every town's analysis reaffirmed that we should focus on gun violence prevention policies that address the circumstances underlying mass shootings, including strong domestic violent, uh, violence laws that keep guns away from abusers, as 50%, 54% of mass shooting incidents are related to domestic or family violence. Mechanisms that allow for temporary removal of guns from individuals who have exhibited dangerous recent behavior 
as 42% of mass shooters have exhibited warning signs before the shooting. Background checks on all firearm sales to prevent people who are prohibited from having guns from buying them. 34% of mass shooters are prohibited from buying or having a gun, but some people with dangerous histories take advantage of loopholes in our gun laws to avoid background checks. Well, that's just another one of those things. No, background checks work. If you have a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence, you're done. You're not getting it. If you have a felony stalking charge, you're not getting it. The background system works. It's up to us as... Uh, and the people that want to get their hands on one are going to. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely going to. Listen, we could we could do this for three hours and not get to the bottom of this, but I encourage you to, to check these guys out and uh, do a little investigation for yourself and uh, be armed and be educated. You guys join us next week, every Tuesday afternoon, 3 o'clock, bullet points here on Vinyl Draft Radio. You guys be safe. This is Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio.